Hey everyone, I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Haley. We are two sisters and best friends, and we're the hosts of Real Talk About Feminism, a podcast for female empowerment. Each week, we release a new episode. We talk about everything from periods to current events. And different types of feminism to worse first dates. Subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts, and tune in each week. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Real Talk About Feminism. This is episode 38, and today's going to be a good one. We're really excited. Yeah, we're actually very excited for this. I feel like we've had really good topics like I did lately. Too. The dreams yeah. last week mm-hmm. or two weeks two ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Interview with Amari. Yeah. So good. So yeah, we're very excited for this one. We are talking about relationships. Yep. And we have two different things that we bring to the table. Haley is single and has been in a few relationships that she's learned a lot of good life lessons from. And I have been married to my high school sweetheart for a little over two years. So you're like, way to throw that at me. Yeah, I'm like, way to brag. We can't all be successful. (laughs) Yeah. So we do, we have really unique perspectives to offer. I had done. I think when I, when it was just me, like the first three episodes or something, or first two, my, oh, it was first two. The second one I did was like, um, loving yourself while you're single. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a good one. That was a good one. But like, we really want to do a relationship episode because we have such unique perspectives. Yeah. So this will be good. It will be good. Um, first tell us about your New York trip. So by the time this is released, we'll be leaving in a week. Okay. So we, yeah, we leave the day after Christmas. I have been on a high from planning everything because you know how type A I am. And mm-hmm. I showed you my spreadsheet where everything's color coded and I did an Excel spreadsheet with everything yeah. coded and there's columns and everything. So I am so excited. We really just have to pack and that's it at this point, but I will definitely update uh, when we get back. So exciting. It feels so surreal. Um, we were watching a movie the other day and the there was a scene in New York and the ball was dropping and I was like, that is going to be Kens and Jared this year. Yeah, That's is. actually a dream. Yeah. Like, so many people. Yeah. Dream. New Year's Day, we're ice skating at Rockefeller Center and then we're just going to hang out in Times Square and watch the ball drop. So fun. I know. So I know. And I didn't realize this until a little bit ago, but last year, Jared and I were at home and we were watching the ball drop and I was like, next year we're going to be there. And we are. Yeah. That's so exciting. Totally well, we were together last year when the ball dropped. No, we came after. Oh, no. Cause we did the poppers. You're right. But I remember you guys saying that yeah. and I was like, I'm going to be there too next year. <laughs> Trying to insert <laughs> myself in, but I'm not making that happen. So I'm very proud of you guys. Thank you. It's exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting. So fun. So more to come on that. Let's get into the episode. Yeah, let's no do it. No other life updates or anything really. So no. today's feminist highlight is Annie Eastley, an icon. I'll just tell you that, mm. an icon. Get ready for this because it's going to blow your mind. Okay. She was a computer scientist for NASA. And before that, she went to Xavier University, which is in Ohio, somewhere in Ohio. Okay. She studied pharmacy for two years. 
Her and her husband moved to Cleveland where there was no pharmaceutical school. And she was like, well, I need a job. She saw that the NACA, which is what NASA was before it had the NASA acronym. NACA? NACA. (laughs) So she saw that NACA needed someone with strong math skills and she applied. Hmm. When she was first hired, she was only one out of four black people that worked at the lab. But that didn't stop her at all. She started as a human computer in a way. She did all the calculations and analyzed all the problems by hand because computers didn't exist. Right. When computers came along and she became, sorry, when computers came along, she became an excellent computer programmer and adapted to the technology. So like when that time came, a lot of people were like, uh, I'm out of here. No, she stuck with it. Um, this is a quote from NASA. Actually, they did a highlight on her. Quote, she developed and implemented code used in researching energy conversion systems, analyzing alternative power technology, including the battery technology that was used for early hybrid vehicles, as well as for the Centaur upper stage rocket. Whoa. She did all of that. She eventually went to Cleveland State and got her degree in math while she was working full time. And in her whole career, she was really involved in the Speakers Bureau and inspired a lot of students to consider a career in STEM. And she especially was inspiring to girls and minorities. She also held a position as an equal employment opportunity counselor, where she helped supervisors to handle complaints and discrimination issues regarding race, gender, and age. While in this position, her and a coworker made a pact to wear pantsuits to work the next day. And about this experience, she said, quote, it did cause quite a stir, but there was one woman who said, I was just waiting for the first one to wear pants. You know, we took the emphasis off of what you're wearing. It's more like what you're actually producing. Mm-hmm. That's what she had to say about that. She retired in 1989 and passed away in 2011. And she is gorgeous. Like if you see pictures of her, like she's glowing. Ooh, everyone go and look at the feminist highlight on Insta so you can see the pics. Yeah. Isn't that amazing, though? Like, yeah. human computer. Yeah. Literally. That made me think of the movie Hidden Figures. I haven't seen it, but it's been oh. on my list. I've seen it, like, I think three or four times. It's really good. It's really sad just because, like, it's just, it's sad. But, like, they, these powerful women are helping lead NASA and they're not looked at as equals because they were black, but it's kind of their story of triumph and how they just stood up for themselves. And it's really cool. And it made me think like, I wonder if it's based on her or anything like that. I don't know if it is, but it's like, that's, it's, it just reminded me of the movie. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And it's crazy that, you know, not that long ago, there was such inequality yeah, and it really wasn't all that long no, ago. No, and, like, we still have our issues today, but just to even think, like, that she was, like, the first black woman. Yeah, one of the first. Yeah, like, that's insane, and it wasn't even that long ago. So good for her, honestly, for being a trailblazer, honestly. Yeah, she was, and, like, with the pantsuit thing. Yes. Like, that's awesome. I love that's that. That's iconic. Yeah. That is iconic, yes. Yeah, I need to watch Hidden Figures. Yeah. Yeah, we should watch it. We should watch it. So that's awesome. That's fun to learn about someone new. As always, you find the best people, honestly. (laughs) Um, Okay, so getting into this episode, we're so excited. Um, So yes, like we said, we have unique perspectives to offer on the subject. 
And so we're just kind of going to get into it. Yep. So why don't you start? We're kind of going to break it up. You'll tell the listeners what you mm-hmm. put in your notes. Um, take it away. <laughs> yeah. So I have experienced in the past year very intense heartbreak and I have learned a lot from it actually even in in just a year I've learned a lot from it good and bad but um I yeah I've just learned a lot and so I really want to share kind of how to get through a breakup because I think that's so important and we hear different things but I so with this relationship that was going on it, it was an on and off relationship this person was so wishy-washy he would want to be with me and then break up with me and wants to be with me then break up with me and I genuinely loved this person and I just saw it as him not knowing what he wants in general or him like never being in a relationship before and giving him a break because I loved him and I wanted to still be with him and wanted to make it work long distance while I was in college. And so, yeah, I just didn't realize my self-worth and I didn't realize what I deserved. And so I let it go on for almost a year, just on and off, on and off. It was, it was probably like 10 months, but it was just on and off. And so I would say that if you're going to break up with someone or if you have a breakup, then really, I know that some people get back together and it works out, but if there's other signs and you're just like, you're not happy because overall I had so much anxiety in this relationship because I never knew what he was thinking. I never knew what, if he wanted to break up soon And he would go days without talking to me because he needed space. And first off, I don't think that's okay. Um, But, like, if if there's, like, other signs around the time that you break up that it's not going to be a healthy relationship, then don't ignore those signs and you just need to be done with it. And sometimes you have to get back together to learn and everything like that. But if you're going to break up, then break up. And you need to block them out of your life. I used to believe that you could be friends with your exes. I did. But I have adopted the belief now that if you if you were in love, if you weren't in love, if you never got to that point where it was it being in love with them, then maybe you can be friends with them. But I think that once you've been in love, if it's true love, then it, you're never going to be able to be friends with them. Like, you're always going to, even if, let's say you were civil, I feel like if I was still civil with this person, but then I saw him with someone else, I would be hurt and I'd be sad, even though we're not together, and because I truly, genuinely loved him. And so I think that just don't be friends with them. As hard as it is, it's going to hurt a lot to cut them out of your life, but literally block them on everything and just cut out any communication that you can with them and have an accountability partner that if you want to reach out to them, like if you're having a weak moment, then have that part person that you can go to and be like, I'm, I really want to go talk to them right now. Can we talk? Can we do something? 
just to get them off your mind because you will be so much happier in the long run. It does hurt for like a few weeks when you're not talking to them because you're used to talking to them every day, but just cut them out of your life because you will be so much better. I remember when you were trying to work up to the point of blocking him on everything. I mean, you blocked him on Venmo even. Yeah. Which I yeah. think is like really funny. Well, he's and it's really good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you just like needed to move on. Mm-hmm. And I'm really proud that you did because that was really hard yeah. for you. Because I know that you've wondered like, what's he up to? Mm-hmm. You know? And like, you're just curious, but you knew that if you were going to go look and unblock him, it would do more harm than good. And it would set you back all that progress you made. Right. And it really does feel good to like be thinking like I wonder what they're doing and then consciously tell yourself I'm not gonna look because it doesn't matter anymore and then you feel so good like that you're in control and the one thing was I never really felt in control in that relationship and so now I, I just feel like I'm so in control like no I'm making the decision to not look but I think it's important to recognize like it's okay to wonder you can't just force your feelings away and be like Because I'm not in love with this person anymore, but you can't just force your feelings away and and just think like, no, I'm not wondering where they are. I'm not wondering what they're doing. I'm not wondering how they are in life or anything like that because it's just going to make it worse. It's okay to recognize like, I wish that I could talk to them and see how they're doing. Even though they hurt me, even though I'm upset with them, I wish that I knew how they were or I wish I could tell them this. It's okay to think that and then move on. Like allow yourself to have that thought. Because it, when you're in a relationship with someone, it is a big part of your life. And it's a void that is not, at least in my opinion, if you lose someone that you're in love with, it's a void that you're never going to fill all the way because your love to that person is unique. And so you can't try and fill that their void with someone else. You have to accept the void and move on. But like, it's always going to be there, in my opinion. That's how I feel. So recognize the feelings, recognize the grief. You're honestly grieving of losing someone and it will help you move on a lot better, but you've got to let yourself feel. That's really good advice. And just like for anything. Yeah. Just so in general. it's really applicable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I act like I can like relate. <laughs> yeah. I'm like trying to insert. No, I'm kidding. But like, honestly, that's yeah. really, really good advice. It's good advice for anything. Like allow yourself to feel. Because if you push your feelings away, it's we all know when we bottle our feelings up, it just makes it worse. So um, that is one of my big things. Allow yourself to go through the breakup because it's going to hurt and you got to recognize that it's not going to be easy at all. I think something else, too, that I've seen you be really good at as well is to not just keep all the feelings to yourself. Like talk about the breakup with somebody that you trust, with your therapist, with Mm -hmm. a friend, a family member, somebody you trust just so that you can feel validated in your feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will say from experience, my therapist knows this person that I'm talking about. Like, no, no, not in person. Oh, I was like, oh my gosh. No, no, no. But like she knows like him because I I've talked about him before trying to like get over it and everything which I am but you know just healing and um she'll be like I'll like tell her things and she'll be like oh my gosh like he really did that to you I'm so sorry and like she she doesn't like make me feel like why did you tolerate that for so long but she's like that is literally so dumb and it's just sometimes it's just nice to be like yeah it is dumb right yeah 
And that is nice. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's great advice. Talk to someone that you trust. And if you don't have a therapist, then like talk to a friend or a family member and just don't your journal. It. Just get it yes, out. Talk your to your journal. dog. Your yeah. Pet. Yeah, honestly. Or sometimes <laughs> this is so weird, but sometimes I'll just turn on my notes app or not my notes app, my record app on my phone and I'll just talk. And I'll just rant and I, I'll, I'll act like I'm talking to someone and get the things out that I want to say. I did that on a road trip when I was driving from Idaho to here. You basically recorded an episode. <laughs> well, I recorded a few episodes and I was like, I'm going to release these as personal episodes. And then I never did because they were dumb. But it actually felt so good because I actually, I, it was so good. Yeah. So that's another way. If you don't have someone that you trust or you don't want to write it down, just talk in your notes app, go for a drive and just talk out loud. It's not weird. I do that too. No, it, I mean, it's really not. It's yeah. I do that too. Like when Jared and I get in arguments sometimes where we're like, okay, we just need a few minutes to ourselves. Like I've taken Ozzy to the dog park and mm-hmm. just like walked around with my phone up to my mouth and just talked. Yeah. And then like, I go back and I like have clear mind and I mm-hmm. feel better and I'm like, I got it out. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Especially in that situation where you're in a relationship. Like me, I just say whatever I want because I'm never going to see this person again. But like for you, it's good to talk it out because sometimes when you're in the heat of the moment, you might say something you don't really mean. Yeah. But if you just talk it out, get it all out, then you have a clear mind and you can be like, okay, I don't mean that. And so I'm glad I didn't say that to him. But now I know what I want to say. Right. It is really helpful. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. That's good. So I think, yeah, that's a good tip for like, you know, if you're trying to heal from a breakup or even if you're in a relationship because it's helpful all around. Um, okay. I feel like I'm going really long. No, it's great. Um, Keep going. Okay. I've just learned so much. I, I wish that (laughs) I could like share everything that I've learned because it's so much. Well, we can do more episodes like this, but I think it's good because you're seeing like what you're not going to put up with and what you deserve. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so kind of going on that note of like realizing what you're not going to put up with anymore, the biggest thing, and everyone says this, but do not settle. And I think that that's a lesson, at least for me, that's a lesson I had to learn on my own. Um, when my mom, and dad, when the family dropped me off at school, my mom hugged me and that's what she told me. She said, don't settle for anything ever or anyone. And she, I told You're like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm scared now. Um, but I told her that like a few weeks ago, I was like, do you remember telling me that? And she's like, no, I don't. But that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I've had so many people in my life tell me to not settle, but I had to learn it on my own. It's just one of those lessons. But do not settle. And after this relationship that was just really hard, I (laughs) – anyone that I've – well, actually, I haven't done this recently. I did it over the summer when I had – when I was going on lots of dates. (laughs) Just, you know. um, Very, very active on the dating apps. (laughs) Yeah. Well – in the, in the dating scene, very active. And um, so with these guys, I would, if I was like talking to a few, not in a bad way because I was single. I don't want people to think I'm a hoe. Um, <laughs> but like I would keep a tally. And if somebody, this makes me, <laughs> yeah, sound, I know you're looking at me like, uh, <laughs> it makes me sound really shallow, but it's, it's actually really good. So, because it's okay. Like when you're single to be going on dates with 
people and trying to figure out who you like. And I feel like that's something that society now like doesn't really do. A lot of people will just go on date, like a date with one person and then yes, yes, that's exactly what it is. But I actually enjoy going on dates and getting to know people and I've met some really great people. So, but like people that I'm seriously interested in, I, during the summer, I, I haven't done this in a few months, but during the summer I would keep a tally of things that they did like if they made me feel happy or something that really like stood out as a good thing I put like a check mark in my notes app and then or like some symbol but then if they did me wrong or did something that I was like I don't appreciate that or I don't appreciate the lack of communication I don't like this then I would make a markdown and if they hit a certain amount of marks then I was like okay I'm not tolerating that I actually really like that. As funny as it sounds, it's like, it, you're done. It, no, it does. Yeah. And I, if people want to think I'm shallow, then you can think I'm shallow. But, like, it really did help me because I tolerated so much in past relationships or, like, past just, like, talking stages, I guess, that I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But I made a conscious decision after this end of the relationship, and I was like, no, I'm not tolerating that. And so for me, that was a a physical way I could see like, okay, it's too much and there it's too many red flags. So I'm going to be done. I think actually the fact that you haven't done it in a while. Yeah. Like is proof that it worked because you're able to navigate your relationships better Mm -hmm. and know what you want. And like you've ended well you weren't like officially dating these people, but like, yeah, you've just like cut people off that you were like, no, I'm done. Yeah. And I don't have to explain myself, Mm -hmm. but I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's true because, um, it really shows that like in that part, in that little phase, I needed the physical help and I needed to see, like, I needed to hold myself accountable because I don't ever want to go through anything as bad as that heartbreak again. But now I've learned And I know, like, I know how to gauge it on my own. And so, yeah, I think you're right. It is good that I I don't do it anymore because I've learned. But even if you did. Yeah, even if I did, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. That might be a little controversial one, but. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I mean. It was my system. Um, Okay. This is my last little section. So, in um, the spring semester when I was in school, which is, it's like April to June where I was going to school. It was like weird. Um, but I was taking a healthy relationship or I was attending a healthy relationship workshop and it was at like six in the night for an hour every once a week. And it was so helpful because they, it was, the marriage and family studies majors and it was part of their like internship credits that they would teach these seminars for six weeks and it was just so helpful and I I would always take notes and one of the things that I want to talk about is called the RAM relationship model well so it's called the RAM model and it's the relationship attachment model R-A-M and we're going to post this on the story because it's just very helpful to see the physical thing, but it's basically this scale of a healthy relationship and how it should go. So it's okay. Relationship attachment model. So you, there's these, uh, one, two, three, four, five, there's these five elements, know, trust, rely, commit, and touch. So you should know them more than you trust them. You should trust them more than you rely on them. 
You should rely on them more than you commit to them, and you should commit to them more than you touch. So that sounds confusing. A little bit. A little bit, and I'm going to explain it. So it's basically like before you trust them, you need to know about them. You need to know their different, their phases, um, how they go about their day, how they treat people, how they treat you, how they treat others. So you need to know them, really know them before you can give them trust. And before you rely on them, you need to be able to trust them because you need to know if they're reliable. Right. And you also like, yeah. Okay. So yeah, you need to trust them more than you rely on them. And before you can commit to them, you need to be able to rely on them and you need to know that they're going to be there for you. And then before you do anything physical or, you know, heavily physical, you need to know that you can trust them, rely on them, and you need to be committed. And I really like that, actually. Yes. And I think kind of like you said, like with hookup culture, um, a lot of people will just immediately go to the end one touch. Right. And they don't have any of this in place. And if that's what if that's what you want to do and you just want to hook up, then that's fine. But there's a reason why hookups don't last. Right. Because you don't have these foundations. And so it's basically just this model that shows how you're supposed to build a foundation for a relationship. And it's so helpful. And so with this model, it's actually so cool, right? It is. I love I like it. it. Yeah. So with this model, um, along with that, this whole process of things is supposed to take like at least 90 days. So you should get to know someone for 90 days before you commit to them so that you know their patterns. Because 90 days is three months and a lot can change in three months. And at that point, the honeymoon phase is kind of starting to wear off. Yeah, starting yeah. to wear off. And like you'll you'll have more opportunities to see how they really are. Oopsies, my alarm to do yoga um, that I never do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all have one of those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you should get to know someone for 90 days before you commit to being in a relationship with them. And when I learned that at the time, or when I when they told me that, I realized that I've never done that. I've always just been like, oh, I really like them. Let's go on a few dates and let's date. And if it works out, like, you know, the, I, the two serious relationships I've been in, that's how it's been. Mm-hmm. But, like, with other things, I'll be like, let's date. And then it just, like, falls apart because I don't know them, you know? Right. Or they'll be like, let's date. And it's – I don't know them enough, so it doesn't work out. But I genuinely, like, believe that if you do have that amount of time, then you'll get to know them. And so I think that's a really good just physical number, 90 days. Like, let's get to know someone before we commit because I just had an issue with committing too soon. Yeah. And it's nice for – I think a lot of people to have a number or a model mm-hmm. they can follow. And it's like a little checklist in your head. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Cause right now, like I'm thinking like, do I, can I trust this person? Okay. Yes, I can trust this person. So I can rely on him a little bit if I need something or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know. It, it's just nice. I kind of going along with that. I like having that model. That's like, okay, can I do this? Okay. Then maybe I can give them a little more trust. Do I really know them? Okay. Yeah. Like let's give a little bit more. So. Yeah. And 
it really does like a healthy relationship should follow that and mm-hmm. it can also be applied to like friendships yeah. other relationships I think it's just a good model overall yeah I love it I'm obsessed with it so that's the the ram model and kind of the last thing that I wanted to touch on was that it is really important to look at your partner from the perspective of others. And this is something that I am learning because obviously like there will be times when like, you know, maybe your family or your friends are like, he's not good for you. And you're like, okay, but you don't know how it is between us because we're in the relationship. You know, like I think a lot of people can relate to that. And I think it's really important to be able to step outside of yourself for a second, remove yourself from the relationship and be like, okay, if they're, you know, if your friends or family are like, he's not good enough for all of that. I think it is important to step outside yourself and look and evaluate like, okay, what are my friends and family's concerns about him? Is this valid from their perspective? Like maybe he's has a temper really easily and he got a temper in front of your family and your family said that and you made excuses and you were like well it's okay because like it was valid because I did something that annoyed him but your family's like no he shouldn't have been so annoyed you know this is such a hypothetical situation but like step outside of yourself and really evaluate what your partner looks like to other people because they can try they can warn you other people can warn you about how that person is for you because people around us know us really well. A lot of times our family, our friends, we, we all have someone in our life that knows us really well. And so I think it's important to step outside of yourself because for me, if I would have been like stopped making excuses for my now ex and saying like, Oh, he's just confused in life and he he wants to be with me. He just is going through a lot. If I would have really taken to heart everyone around me saying, you deserve better than that. You deserve someone who's going to choose you every time. Then I would have, I could have avoided a lot of heartbreak. So don't involve everyone too much in your relationship. Mm -hmm. That's really important. But if like, listen to the concerns that people are saying, because a lot of times it's hard to, for those people to bring the concerns to you because they don't want to get into your relationship or get involved or like step on any toes. And a lot of times if people are bringing a concern to you, it's just genuinely coming from a good place. Right. Something I want to add is I think that could be applied to the opposite. Like we were just talking about this with somebody you were talking to who totally put on a facade, but like if Mm -hmm. you are in a relationship that you know you shouldn't be in or like maybe you're being abused or something, And it's not a healthy relationship, but your partner acts a completely different way in front of your family. And they're like, oh, he's great. Or she's great. Whatever. Like I, we love them. You know, we want Mm -hmm. them to be in the family. It is important to be able to still step out and take the emotion out and look at the relationship objectively. Right. I think that's really important. Yeah. Cause that's hard. Like really hard. It's really hard. So I think that's a really good point. That was, those are all of my relationship tips as a single girl. I 
I feel like I'm a thriving single girl, actually. You are. You've made a lot of progress. Yes. And I've learned to really love myself because at the end of the day, if you don't love yourself, then you can't love someone Who will? else. Yeah. 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 Who will? <laughs> that was so aggressive. Yeah. But if you can't love yourself, then you can't love anyone else. So take the time, love yourself, and really focus on the key aspects of a healthy relationship. Yeah. That was really good. You made some really good points. Thank you. And like I if you're in a relationship or you're married, like I learned some things that I can take away mm-hmm. and I can like kind of work to fit my relationship, but yeah. Some really good points made. Thank you. I don't have as much as Haley, but I do have some really great points I want to make. And like I said, we could do another relationship episode on like a different aspect. Yeah. Cause like there's a lot about like married life and stuff. I yeah. There's share. some, we're like kind of jumping around to different things that we could yeah. totally do more topics on. Yeah. For real. Um, so I want to focus on maintaining independence while being married or in a serious relationship. If you're committed mm-hmm. to somebody, it is really, really important. And it's something that I've learned as I've gotten older. Mm hmm. Jared and I have been together since we were in high school and obviously like high school relationships, like it's so different when you're out in the real world and you're married. Like there's yeah. so many things that were like, remember when we used to do this and then we just laugh. Cause it's <laughs> like, yeah, that was like so high school. Yeah. Um, but it really is independent. It really is independent. It really <laughs> is important because you need to be able to, have time to foster your independence and be by yourself and like be okay with being by yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you can come together. Yeah. And it's great. And a lot of times when Jared and I do that, like it's actually better. Our time together is actually better. Yeah. So to start out, I think it's important that both people in the relationship have their own hobbies and some Mm -hmm. that you enjoy together yeah but like for example like I like to do the diamond painting that we recently discovered Mm -hmm. I like to paint I like to tend to my plants like I have my own things and Jared has his own things and so when we have time apart and then we come together we know the activities we like to do together yeah and it's really fun because like we can tell each other about our hobbies but and it's just another conversation point but then we can also like enjoy what we're doing together yeah Another thing that we've talked about in previous episodes that like we both are really passionate about, and this doesn't work for everybody, but for Jared and I, we share all the responsibilities. And with a puppy involved now, like that's a whole other element. And it's actually really interesting because it's like fun to see Jared like take care of Ozzy. Yeah. Because it's like, oh my gosh, like he's going to be such a cute dad. Mm -hmm. Um. But we share all the responsibilities so that we feel equal in the relationship. I I love the way you said that. Yeah, because we talked about this before. Like, if traditionally the man is, like, the breadwinner and has all the income, controls the finances, it's like, I would feel like I was less than Mm -hmm. my partner if that was how it was. Mm -hmm. So we really try hard to, like, do everything equally. Like I mentioned, like we have joint accounts, we manage the finances, the house equally. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good tip for if you're in a relationship or if you're going to get married, it's really important to talk about that. Like what you expect your day-to-day in a relationship to look like. I think also just a little tidbit, if you're like, if you're not married, but let's say you're dating, I think it's important to also share the cost of dates and share, you know, 
equal driving distance if you live far away, like stuff like that. That's a way that you can be equal in the relationship if you're not necessarily married or living together. But it is important to have that equality. It is really important. And if you, like I said, that doesn't work for everybody, but the main focus is you have to talk about what your boundaries are, Mm -hmm. what you want your life together to look like. Otherwise, people have expectations. That's when things start to fall apart. So I think that's really important to at least communicate about it. Yeah, because some people might like their husband to just deal with all the finances and make all the money, like to each their own. But I think that's important. Communication. You got to talk about it. And another point too. So before Jared and I got married, we did premarital counseling. And that was something we talked about. And I think if you're going to get married, you definitely need to do it because it it's not anything bad. Like you're mm-hmm. literally just discussing what you want your life together to look like. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have somebody to moderate the conversation and like kind of dig deeper into more than the superficial like, oh, well, I want to make dinner tonight, every dinner together every night. Mm-hmm. Like that's not really digging deep. Yeah. Um. So going back to having time apart, and again, every relationship is different, but like for Jared and I, we have learned a lot about ourselves and each other since we've been together and as we've been married, like it's been exponentially more. And Jared has always been the type of person to need time to himself to recharge. He is definitely way more introverted than I am. Mm. I in the past have not been that way and it's been really difficult when like I get frustrated because I feel like he's not giving me attention or not wanting to spend time with me but like he literally needs time by himself to recharge to give me his full attention and it's important again to communicate about your communication styles if you're introverted extroverted like how you operate and how you function and when you feel your best because if like when I was expecting him to just like automatically give me attention when he walks through the door after work, like that's not always realistic. Yeah. So that's something that we've learned for sure is like our communication styles and how we best communicate. And he's gotten better too about telling me like, Hey, I just need 20 minutes. And then I want to hear about your day. Mm-hmm. Cause you can set boundaries and be respectful. Oh yeah. I think. Um, so Once you find your communication style, it is very effective because you are able to work through problems quicker and more effectively. We have gotten really good at this. And I know, like, there's always things in every relationship that it's like, it just automatically triggers the other person Mm -hmm. and it's really difficult to work through. But, like, we really don't argue that much anymore since we've learned how to navigate our arguments and like some things literally we will like get mad at each other and then we're like this doesn't even matter let's just stop and then we're like okay (laughs) like it's just like back to normal yeah and I I think it's good to like not be so serious all the time like not everything is that big of a deal and we've literally asked each other like when we're in an argument like is this gonna matter tomorrow Mm -hmm. is this going to matter in a year yeah usually the answer is no Mm -hmm. and that's been really helpful for us I've also seen people on TikTok that will do like something hilarious like during an argument they'll like dance or something 
And I think that's a really good tip. We haven't done that, but I think that's really funny. Yeah. Um, another thing that I found in our marriage is when we're practicing the habit of like realizing when we need to do our own personal self-care and when we just need like a few minutes to recharge before we have the span to give our partner all the attention Mm -hmm. that we can um our time together is way better like when we have some time apart and we come together we have more to talk about we're more excited we're more engaged and that's really good because you want to feel that way with your partner and especially like jared's love language is quality time and so like i said like i've gotten way better at realizing when he needs time apart same with myself and so I have told him, like, can you give me a half hour? Let me just finish this up and then we can talk or, like, we can watch a movie, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I know he appreciates that. And, like, it feels good for me, too, because I'm realizing what he needs. Yeah. so Such a good, healthy relationship. Like, just knowing – because relationships are genuinely built on communication. Yeah. If you don't have good communication, then you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Um, and the last point I want to make too is like finding yourself and being confident and loving yourself first and foremost. And that's really hard. Like, especially, um, what we grew up, we had some childhood years in Rexburg, Idaho, which is like notorious for like people getting married young and, you know, and I can relate to that obviously. And so sometimes it's hard to like not rely on your partner Mm -hmm. to, make you feel beautiful or tell you you're pretty like you have to tell that to yourself too and you have to repeat your affirmations and like know your worth and then you can fully give yourself to that other person Mm -hmm. and I think that's really important and like with my whole discussion about finding things that you enjoy and that like bring you pure joy regardless of if your partner enjoys it too like that helps you be confident and I think that's a big thing that I've learned like while being in a relationship and being married is like you have to be there for yourself too because as much as Jared and I like know we're going to be together forever like something could happen where we're not Mm -hmm. and like then I'll just have myself you know like you have to as morbid as that sounds like you have to think about it and you have to be there for yourself. Yeah I think um, like the main theme that's the main theme of what you were talking about just you have to be solid on your own too. Mm-hmm. And then you're stronger together. And I think that's the interesting thing about when you do get married so young, because like you got engaged when you were 18, almost 19. Yeah. That's insane. That feels like so long ago. That's literally two years younger than I am right now. Yeah. <laughs> Put yourself in there. That's insane. <laughs> um, But you got married when you were 18. And when you're 18, you you know, you had just finished a year of college. Was I 18 or 19? No, you were 18. Because you turned 19 and then you got married. You turned 19 the summer you got married. Yeah. So, I okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but when you're 18 years old, like, you're just figuring yourself out. Mm-hmm. And even now, I'm still figuring myself out. You're still figuring yourself yeah. out. And so, when you do get married young, I think it's hard and in, in – friends that I have who their relationships have failed because they've gotten married so young. I feel like that could tie into it that you just don't, you rely on your partner too much, but then like what happens if something does happen or you, you know, or you just, you're not solid on your own. 
And so I think that's really important. I think that's actually a really good tip. And that's something that I can work on now, just continuing to build myself up and knowing how I am as a person so that when I'm in a relationship, I can give them what they need and also be solid on my own. Yeah. I agree. It can be applied to like, even if you're single, like with your, Mm -hmm. um, things that you were telling us mm-hmm. <laughs> that was so awkward what <laughs> the things you were telling us things um what you were talking about like it can be applied to mm-hmm. like any stage of life that you're in yeah yeah but like I think the main thing of the theme of this episode is just like find yourself yeah. and find what you enjoy and love yourself yeah 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 whether you're single married dating engaged, engaged. not interested yeah it's okay yeah and it, the theme is just find yourself yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Those are really helpful tips. I actually really, I think it's interesting to talk about these things with our different perspectives. And so I hope that you guys enjoy it too. And if you guys have any tips, then please let us know. Because if we don't have enough content to do a whole episode, then we can post them on the tips on the stories, like anything like that, because just all of our life experiences together, we can share so much advice and I think that's great. So yeah. Good job. Yeah. A lot of really good stuff. You too. That was great. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) High five. (laughs) All right. Well, that was episode 38. And we won't be releasing an episode on the 26th, but we will be back on January 2nd of 2022. Wow. (laughs) This is like the last time you guys will hear our voice in our voices in 2021. That's insane. Crazy. So your flew by. It really did. So we hope that you guys have a Merry Christmas and, and a, happy a Happy Holidays. Happy New Year because we will be speaking to you guys on January 2nd next. So see you guys in 2022. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening right now. And go follow us on Instagram. You can find us at Real Talk About Feminism. And you can find us on all of our other platforms if you click the link in our Instagram bio. Thank you guys so much for listening to Real Talk About Feminism.